Polly here at Faces and today I am with the lovely Daryl Roberts from Daryl Roberts Aesthetic Academy and Laser Clinic. So Daryl, thank you so much for sitting down with me and um, having a chat with me today. It's really good to have you on. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So let's just start off with talking a little bit about yourself and your business then. So how did it all start? How did you get into this industry and how did you get your business to where it is today? So basically I have been in the industry for about four years now. Um, prior to that, so I left school, went to university. Um, I'd done a, a master's degree in health science. Okay. Um, and then left that and come out of that. And then for the past 13 years, I've managed nursing homes. Oh, <laughs> which, wow. Okay. Which has been challenging, including through COVID. So I actually only left my full-time role in January of this year. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I took it all the way through COVID, and as you can imagine, that was quite something. Yeah, um, absolutely. My business um, has been running for four years. Um, the reason I went into the industry was firstly because I absolutely love how inventive it is, how it makes you feel, and actually I love all the treatments myself. So looking back on my a photograph of me four or five years ago compared to what I look like now is completely different. Yeah, and I just think actually you can do it naturally. I just loved the industry, how artistic and inventive it is. Yeah, and also, know, that's a nice word to describe it. I'm not, I've never heard anyone use that, but it's it's so true. You know, you can do it your way. You know, it's, it is an art as well. And um yeah, like everybody has their own skill set. Whilst, you know, treatments are generally the same, you know, every practitioner does things slightly differently. So that's a really nice Absolutely. way to describe it. The other reason, so my actual business is, it's my life, for instance, my, my costume, like there's not that much profit made in my business. And the reason I done this was firstly to make it affordable to everybody. It can be a costly expense. I was spending hundreds, but maybe thousands previous to coming into the industry. We've all been there. We've all been yeah. there. That's, that's the thing. Three, three treatments a grand you're looking at. Yeah, absolutely. You? So my, so I've been able to run a business that's not making a massive profit because I've always had a full-time job. So my business has always been running alongside me going to work in a nursing home. Um, and then I reduced my days and then... A, just over a year ago I actually um, adopted a little boy so I went on adoption leave and then my business kind of my business has always been busy so prior to going on adoption leave I was always working like 70 hours a week like that's just me as a person yeah. um, but it's just grew and grew and grew so like I had to make a decision like I either do one or the other and obviously yeah I chose aesthetics and obviously earlier on this year I won the National Hair and Beauty Award Amazing. which actually really boosted my business it's yeah amazing I yeah I'm not gonna sell them but yeah it's credible for my business um about a year ago I was contacted by a, another practitioner who had gone on a training course and then she didn't feel like she had the right skill set she didn't feel confident so she reached out to me and said could you help so I was like well I can but I don't really have any formal training for training yeah. so I've then done a bit of research I went on to do um my AET some training became a training provider so although I am an academy on my business title I don't train as like I don't do start from scratch I don't do yeah. advanced fillers I don't do anything like that I basically do one-to-one -to, -one to assist people to feel confident yeah, and the charge is very little 
that's so needed as well because the amount yeah. of people who train particularly when they're doing one of these like crazy two-day courses like how on earth are you meant to be a fully fledged confident practitioner after doing two days of training like it just it doesn't make sense so I think that's an incredible thing that you offer to practitioners because it's it's so needed and at least you know you yeah. can push students through and they they at least have the knowledge and potentially some experience and it then it's just a case of you know building the confidence and you know giving them some models to inject is that kind of what you do yeah basically I'm not interested in like full-on academy like I I'm going to start offering some courses but more around my so I train first aid health and safety so obviously I've been regulated by the Care Quality Commission for the last 13 years. So I have a knowledge of that. Um, regulations, obviously regulations, I know we're going to talk about them. But like all things like that, so I think because my skill set is a little bit different. So I've managed big health organisations. So I understand regulation. I understand what's needed. And I understand how to ensure that they continue. So obviously I've been inspected for the past 13 years. So I, I kind of have an insight to what regulation could look like. Yeah. Um, obviously, no one knows at the moment what it could look like. But for me, it's all around documentation, policies, procedures, competencies, and basically just ensuring you're being safe. Yeah. So that's kind of where my training academy comes in, more so than banging out 10 people a day. And yeah, yeah. and I do actually work with alongside another practitioner and she has an academy as well. So I do do some training days for her. Um, but again, she's not banging people out like left, right and centre. That sounds yeah. really wrong, doesn't it? No, no, I know it's like a conveyor belt, isn't it? With some yeah, and she and she doesn't do that. But actually, yeah, she reached out to me, and I work alongside her now and again. That doesn't interest me. I'm more about how to put the underpinning into a business more so than how to make as much money as you can. Yeah, Um, because for me, values, underpinning, and stability is really important. And all of my clients will say like when they come here they have they understand what they're coming for like, I would never get somebody in do a consultation and do the procedure straight away people need time to think about it they go away they come back and I'm here for them like you know, that's just me as a person I think that's how my business is successful yeah that, that is how my business is successful just by yeah. being a really honest yeah. open person yeah. things can go wrong I explain that things can go wrong I explain that you know you might not look like this photo you're showing me because everybody's anatomy is different everybody takes the product completely different so yeah I think that's how I've been really honest I said you know this could be a journey it's not going to happen today um and I think that's how my business has grown a hundred percent I love everything that you've just said because it's so true I think a lot of people come into this industry first of all they may have had horrific training and I think a lot of the issues around why regulation is coming into play is because there is really bad training academies out there who just don't offer the right training so the practitioners aren't as confident but then it's also people coming in and all they want is the money the money the money and I understand you know it's a very lucrative industry you know you can make a lot of money and that's normally why a lot of people do come into this industry but you know, if that's all you, you care about, you are not going to be successful. Okay. The thing is, you, you mentioned about how, you know, your business doesn't make that much money at the moment, but that will come because you, because of the way you've structured it and you're building it and you're, you're developing those relationships, you're building the trust with your clients, you know, it will come. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's super important to always put the client first, like you do. Absolutely. And a lot, of, a lot of people don't. 
Now, for me, so I obviously generate reports as well. So um, I have around about 2,000 returning customers. Wow. So that's, my, that's, that's a lot my, of customers. Yeah. It really but is. Think some of them, some of them only come annually. Some of them are like yeah. Yeah. So it's not like every day, but those customers have returned. So when I do the reports, those customers have returned to me more than three times. Yeah. So yeah, like doing the looking at my business brand behind the scenes. Like I do a lot of that and analyze where I'm, what I could do better, and all those things. So that's how. That's just me as a person. That's what I've worked. Yeah. as previously if you know what I mean um but yeah I'm not interested in opening a massive academy and doing all those things that doesn't interest me what interests me is people's stability like that and the other thing about my business is I market at a completely different audience so I've targeted at, so my business model clientele are ladies between 40 and 60 that's kind of where yeah so it's a completely different business like so obviously I work with my friend now and again and her business is targeted at a younger population so I've gone into things like skin boosting um I do a lot of PGO threading which I know is like a big talk at the moment in regulations red flag at the moment yeah um I do a lot of that do you feel like that's come with sort of come organically or do you feel like with your background in care it's sort of been something that you've been a bit more drawn to with the sort of oh, I'm not saying someone who's 40 is old by the way but the older no, no. yeah middle age yeah. yeah yeah and yeah absolutely it is because of my background so obviously yeah I've been nursing like 80 plus but yeah, yeah I think and the other thing is I think that a lot of the time we have a lot of young I, I do do I'm not saying I don't do younger but a lot of the time like they just want to look like something or someone else yeah whereas a lady that comes at 50 so I, I give you an example I have a lady that comes to me and she used to be a page three glamour model back in the day wow. and actually she's reached like 50 and she's starting to lose collagen she's starting to feel like really bad about herself because of what she when she says, when I look in the mirror, what I used to see to what I see now is completely different. And actually that affects my mental health. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's the clients that I, I like and I want to assist and I want to treat because you're going to get a result. It's not going to be a life-changing result because at the end of the day, it's aesthetics, not surgery. Yeah. But it's helping people's mental health as well as just giving them a boost. So yeah, she returns to me all the time and actually... The results from when I see started seeing her three years ago to now is completely different. And actually, her mindset is very different. She's very positive now. Like she looks in the mirror and says, "Actually, I started to love myself again." So for me, that's the exact clientele I like and I want to treat yeah. because the results that they're getting, they're very, very grateful for. And actually, we're working as a journey. They understand they're not going to look twenty-one tomorrow. Yeah. So that's where I have to, my. That's my area. My, my business is basically. Yeah. I think I think you're so right in that it is very much a journey you know there's no one size fits all with this industry and I think with how social media portrays aesthetics and people in general you know particularly a younger demographic they literally will find a picture of somebody online and say okay I want to look like that and that that won't happen you're not that person and I think I get that all the time though honestly I I had a female come in and couple of weeks ago and she's, she showed me a photo of a package that I had done and she wanted to look like that and I was like 
but her anatomy is very different. Like at the end of the day, as um, practitioners, we can be very inventive, clever, but sometimes that we people need to remember their hands, not what ones like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm not a magician, but okay. No, absolutely. <laughs> but I think I think it's a shame that it is like that, you know, with with regards to beauty standards, and that's a whole different topic, which we can have a separate conversation about. Um, but I think. Also, as a practitioner, it's so important to really understand your market like you have, because I think a lot of practitioners train and they're trying to offer every single treatment under the sun. They don't really know who they're marketing to. You know, it's it's like, you know, I spoke to someone recently. She was we were talking about like male contouring packages, because I think that's something that a lot of practitioners should start to introduce because men are starting to have more of an interest in aesthetics which rightly so I think is a great thing but all her Instagram was was like pink and lips and like I'm like but a man let's say he's never had an aesthetic treatment he's not going to go onto your page and be like oh I'm going to book him with this clinic necessarily so I think it's so important to really understand who you're targeting to and offer treatments based on that demographic as well like you do with your skin boosters PDO threads and um yeah I think a lot of practitioners just feel really lost with it the, I think that the male things, I actually done a post the other day, like a, um, a live, because the male things are really interesting topics. I have quite a lot of male clients. Mm-hmm. 99% of my male clients, the first thing they'll say when they walk in the door is, please don't post anything on your social media. So there's a massive stigma there still, like yeah. around male mental health or what they, they might look like to other people. Like the industry itself has a lot of male it's definitely building males like I love the fact that males start looking after themselves yeah, I love I have lots of men through the door yeah but I think I think it's their lack of not I'm speaking generally by the way it's the, the yeah. lack of knowledge when it comes to male contouring and male treatments and you know what can be done with dermal filler and anti-wrinkle injections particularly because for example my partner you mentioned Botox and fillers the first thing that comes into his head is like Pete Burns with like massive lips like, <laughs> like, he just, yeah. like he doesn't know the difference between Botox and filler. It's just yeah. aesthetics in general. You think of, you know, just overfilled, like, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, exactly. And it's just the lack of knowledge there. But I think it's so great that there's practitioners like yourself out there who are really focusing on the natural results, who are actually, you know, giving men confidence to, to come and get these treatments because, you know, I think if you can get an injection to soften your wrinkles and make you look a bit brighter, look like everyone should should have access absolutely. to that. You know, yeah, it's, absolutely. it's just going to make you age more gracefully. And, you know, it's about really highlighting your features and, you know, getting little little small amounts of filler. Highlight your features. And, and, yeah. You know, yeah, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, aesthetics, when men think about it, it's like, feminine hence why you know they might not want their pictures posting and things like that but do you find that when men come in they sort of feel a bit more relaxed about the whole idea of getting treatments once they sort of leave Absolutely. and I quite often like show so when I so my male audience so I have a lady that comes she's a um like she's like a heavyweight champion Wow. Like, like really muscly lady anyway so she goes to the gym and she trains and she does tournaments and everything like that but she refers me to quite a lot of the male population of the gym so a lot of the men that I get through the door are like bodybuilders heavyweights like yeah lovely <laughs> <laughs> yeah no they 
<laughs> they they're the target they're my target audience so I quite often will show them like actually this is what I looked like five years ago and this is what I look like now like, I do I think you can tell I've had treatments but I don't think I look overdone no not at all like, I still think I look quite natural so I'm like you don't have to look like you know I hate to say it but Pete Burns like you're yeah. not going to walk out here looking like that you know people that have the, that that look have had treatments for a long time they've had a lot of them like they I feel like they, you can become I'll be honest I've become obsessed with it myself a few years ago and had to restart but yeah that does happen but like for a couple of tweakments it's not going to happen like they're going to look fresh they're going to look good yeah exactly and I think it you know going back to that I think it's it's a really positive thing that you know men are sort of exploring it a bit more feeling like you know actually it's not just lip filler, you know, it's no. it's so much more than that, you know, even skin boosters, you know, they're fantastic for, um, you know, brightening the skin, making you look a lot more rejuvenated, whether you're male or female, you know, it's it's something that will benefit everybody, potentially. So. Yeah, and I think the other thing is it's really good, there's a lot more males coming into the industry. Yes. But like, even like four years ago, like when I was or I've got on so many training courses, like, yeah, you, you, I couldn't even tell you that. <laughs> every, 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 I've only ever on one, I've been on probably about 100 train, different training courses, and I think on only one of them, I've had a male with me. Generally, it's, it's, wow. it's a very female-dominant industry, so actually it's nice that men are coming in now yeah. to, to be practitioners, and then, yeah, like, it's just, that gives another insight then, doesn't it? Like, I just, yeah, yes, exactly. it's not, yeah. Because I think a lot, of, a lot of men would much prefer to go to a male practitioner, wouldn't they? They'd feel potentially more comfortable. And yeah, I think it, it totally makes sense. But I think it, it's a great thing that it is growing. So moving on to the faces at then, Daryl. So I know that you've used faces for a long time, which is great. You're very much a loyal faces user. What would you say is your favourite feature that we have? And also, do you want to just talk about how it's benefited your business in terms of the runnings of it and everything? Yeah, so for me, the benefit of it is the, definitely the consent area. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%, I use that for every single client. Um, obviously, it saves me a lot of time because so I have an admin team behind me, so someone books an appointment with me. I don't actually use the booking service on Faces, but only because I've <laughs> had, I know, only because I've used another app for the whole duration of my uh yeah time in aesthetics we're gonna stop like, that we're gonna we're gonna move <laughs> over to faces to yeah. That. <laughs> yeah um so but the um consent side of it so yeah someone would book an appointment with me my admin team would send the consent forms back so basically everything's done prior to the appointment which i love and yeah. obviously everything's stored and they can go back into it and have a look at it and so when people arrive at the appointment we've saved a lot of time yeah. so we're not doing paperwork i still always go through the consent forms as you should yeah yeah um and also like obviously you take photographs you can upload everything like yeah it's, it's very benefit but also obviously i use the shop yeah. all the pharmacy and the shop i use i use all the features really but yeah i that's also very good very effective service obviously i can go on there today look at what i've got next week and do all my orders for it and then yeah they're here the next day it's amazing yeah, yeah. and you can just do it straight from your phone you know you're not having to yeah. You know, speak to some people who don't yet use our pharmacy and prescription service um, and they're like, okay, so I go onto Faces, I download the consent form, then I WhatsApp my prescriber, then I have to go onto 
some pharmacy's website and upload it that I'm like oh my god this is so long-winded you know just do it yeah, and that's the point you know everything on faces has a purpose and that's I think yeah. a lot of people feel maybe quite overwhelmed with how much we've got on there particularly because it's a free app um but every single thing has purpose so there's a reason why we have it on there so for example I know at the beginning of this chat we talked about um, how treatments can be very expensive. We have the pay later option on there so that your clients can yeah. split the cost of their treatments. It's all just there to make your life as a practitioner. I, I do use that as well. Yeah. Do you find that your your clients um, will spend more money when they're using that? They, they, so again, like, don't shoot me down for this, but so they, so I, my the options there, like people can do that if they wish. Like everybody's obviously financial backgrounds different yeah. but yeah like it's not it, for me like it's not something that I would encourage yeah um but, I, but the options there like, I don't I don't promote finance um yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I yeah I the, the, the options there like people know the options there if they need it because like you know everyone's different like I I, I understand that I'm not blind to that but for me I, it's not something that I would promote because I wouldn't see it as a, for me, like if I was going for a treatment and I couldn't no, actually I'll stop. That's fine. Yeah. No, yeah. I wouldn't, it's not, I don't, I don't, I don't ever promote getting into debt for anything. No, no, of course. And, and that's the thing. It's but, just uh, that as an option. You know, and I think, you know, payment options are so normalized these days that, you know, you can, you can pay in three or pay in. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, they are. And I think when it comes it's to a way of life, that's it it is everything's just installments yeah. isn't it um but I think when yeah. it comes to treatments I think it's so great that you know people who don't necessarily have the money there and then can still have their treatments to make them feel and look good and I think you know that is that is a great thing that the options are um but anyway we've digressed on to pay later so let's move on to something yeah. else um so obviously we've talked um a little bit about regulation but very ever so yeah. slightly we don't know what's going to be happening we don't know what is actually coming into play but what we do know is that the government have released the traffic light system and you know putting feelers out basically um as to you know what potentially could be coming in so what are your personal views on that i definitely think regulation is needed however i and i have had my say like everyone everyone should i believe everyone should have their say um because i don't think i think it should be good practice bad practice more so than medic non-medic yeah and the reason i say that is because so so for someone like me so i probably in the scheme of regulation i wouldn't be classed as a medic yes because i'm not a nurse or a doctor well it, and also like yeah when they say medic does that mean a doctor or does that mean anybody with a healthcare or health yeah. degree yeah, yeah. so for someone if you look at someone like me i have a degree in health science i also have a level four and five in anatomy and physiology i have a degree or a, it's actually a level seven in healthcare management yeah. and a level seven in finance so I feel like my knowledge, I've got a lot of knowledge, but in the regulations, like I, don't, I feel like they should look at everyone individually, yeah. more so yeah. than actually, if you're not an, if you're not a doctor, then you can't do this. I don't think they are. And being really honest, the lady that does all of my treatments is actually a beauty therapist. Yeah. Um, and I think I back her, I back, I back them because it, for me, 
aesthetics is an art. Like yeah. when I when I was doing so, basically, I, in my health degree, I basically trained the same way that a nurse would train. And at not one point through that did we cover what I've covered in aesthetics because we're doing things like you know catheterization, like it's it's a completely it's a completely yeah. different thing. Yeah. Like they're not they're not even remotely the same. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, and yeah, I have a lot of my nurse friends coming for treatments, and they wouldn't have a clue. Like they they're open honest. They just say like we yeah like they don't they wouldn't know. <laughs> Yeah, and you go, I go to I go to the, the lady that does mine, and honestly, her knowledge is insane. She's really, really, really on everything. Like she knows every artery, every vein, everything about everything. Like she's so intelligent, but doesn't have a degree in health. And I think the other thing is, like, so last time I seen her, she was like, "Well, maybe I'll go and do my nurse training." And I was like, "You're doing nurse training for the wrong reasons." And I think. Yeah. If yeah, I, th I think that a lot of practitioners will think actually I'll just go and do my nurse training, and then but obviously the NHS is already on its knees. I know. <laughs> so then for I know. An influx of ten thousand practitioners that are, don't even want to be nurses to take all of those spaces, like yeah. we, it's just going to create. I think if they're going to do something like that, I think maybe it should be a regulated qualification for every practitioner. Yeah. So maybe it, it is like an aesthetic practitioner degree. I don't know, like what yeah. that looks I mean like. The off-ball level seven is kind kind of that, really. It's, you know, it's a degree level. Um, I'm, I'm currently doing my um, level seven. Are you? And again, like, I don't, for me, like, I felt like I don't really need to do it because I already feel like I've got enough qualifications behind me. But yeah. actually, like, it's best practice. It's, it's good to have the knowledge. But now, like, yeah, would that even be needed? Like, I think, again, like, I would say to people, don't rush into things. Unless unless you're doing it for yourself and you want the knowledge and you want the credibility, I don't think you should do it because of the regulations coming in. I think you should do it for yourself. Yeah, and, and we don't even know yet if that's going to be a mandatory qualification. You know, I think a lot of people, no. like, maybe a year ago, were like, oh, my God, level seven, level seven, spent, like, 10 grand on the course. And then it's like, well, yeah, they will have, they will have gained a lot of knowledge and experience and a, a lot from that but we don't know if it's going to be mandatory but um I completely agree with what you said in terms of you know the bad like good and bad practice rather yeah. medic and non-medic because just because somebody is a doctor doesn't mean that they are a that, that they are doing everything correctly when it comes to aesthetics and also no. personally I would rather go to a beautician with 10 years experience in aesthetics than a midwife who's just trained in aesthetics absolutely that's that's my yeah. view on it. and I, yeah I that, think that's, that's exactly mine because obviously so like when I first started out in the industry like you know you go on the courses you go on the training like so for me like when I this is why I do the training I do as well because when I finished my courses and to be fair my course was very in-depth but when I finished I still was like oh my god I'm out on my own now injecting down fillers into people like yeah so but I've been used to doing really random nursing tasks <laughs> and they have nothing to do with thermal fitness so like yeah yeah like I cross-linked it thinking I was I was oblivious to it at the beginning I was like cross-linking thinking I love it all myself I'm going to go and do that training because you know I have some sort of knowledge I had no knowledge the degree I've done compared to the training I've done for aesthetics they, they're not they're not even comparable like yeah. crazy and I think I think that needs to be taken into account in the in the process but obviously I've had my say um yeah I recommend everybody does but yeah, I do definitely. think regulations are needed definitely needed yeah. because 
And I think more for like health and safety and hygiene, like hygiene. Like I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Someone um, yesterday, I was speaking to them and there was um on one of these chats actually, and she was saying how she um a friend of hers had gone to like it was like a Botox and filler party, essentially like just someone in the living room, like yeah. injecting people. And apparently they were using the same needle on every person. Yeah, see that's, that's, like, that. That's why we need regulation. Yeah, that is why we need regulations. <laughs> but how how far are the regulations? Yeah, so even like someone said, we're selling a level seven. That's just me personally. But I've actually my clinic is, but it's on the side. Basically, it's not in my house. It's on the side. Of my house. It's a proper clinic. Yeah, yeah. And it's been built. But now, now I've kind of I think regulations coming. So I actually, I'm just opening the premises. I'm in the process of opening the premises at the moment, just so it's it's a specific location. It's clinically clean at all yeah. times. Yeah. With running water in every room. Um, yeah, because and obviously, like I've had too far. I have outgrown this now. But and I think that's another thing where regulation needs to come. I do think people should work at a regulated premises. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. Um, yeah, when you I, personally, when I hear about people doing mobile, I'm like, how you're going to that person's house? They might have dogs running everywhere. Yeah. Might be a really uh, unsterile environment, and I mean, it's never going to be as sterile as a, as a clinic situation anyway. Right. I just think that in itself is not good. Like that's putting right. that's not putting your time and your health um, in in the best position at all. Um, I do think that that's what's called. That's what has like brought the regulations on as well. Like, there's a lot of not, not, the Cowboys is the wrong word because it's not their fault. I feel like it's the training for. I think the training is where the regulations need to be. Yeah. I think I think people need to have a formal qualification and then do their training, whether that be two or three weeks, where however that looks. But a formal a formal qualification that can take a year before. Um, and then people are also investing, like, so invest in themselves and investing in the industry. Yeah. And then and, they've yeah, got the knowledge. So, like, it's a career path rather than actually, I just need to earn some money. So, I'm just going to go on yeah. a two day course and yeah. get 100%. it done. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I also feel like you, you would feel like for me, like, you know what, that the day I graduated, how good I felt about myself. Like, and I feel like actually, then I've gone into an industry where I feel like actually I've got the knowledge, I've learned it, like, I've got, I've gained that. And it's certified. And I feel like that would be the same in aesthetics. Like, you know, if there's an academy that takes someone through a level, just say a level five, so do their level three, level four anatomy and physiology, and then go on to level five, they do all that in like a year, a year and a half. And then they do all their practical work and then they do some like working with other practitioners. Yeah. They gain knowledge. And at the end of that, then they graduate. And I yeah. feel like that would be a really good way and, of doing it. Because you know what? You can do aesthetics at uni, um, but... You just learn laser and fat dissolving. You don't actually learn Botox and dermal fillers. So you go three years at uni, nine grand a year, and then you're still going to have to do your Botox and fillers after that. It's yeah, crazy. it's crazy. Yeah. The industry is crazy. Like, I know, crazy. it's wild, but I love it. And I love how fast-moving yeah, it is. Um, I love the fact you say it's an inventive industry as well. Like, I'm so going to use that for, like, marketing purposes. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're about to run out of time, Daryl. So thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been That's amazing. Okay. Such a great way to start the day, that conversation. I feel very inspired. <laughs> All right. Take care. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.